Welcome to the TES Further Education Podcast. This week I'll be asking Stephen Keeble of Mid-Kent College if it's important to be down with the kids. Mike Gaston will be telling us about his day as a student at Totten College, where he's the principal. And we'll be finding out from Paul Dix what to do when the behaviour management honeymoon is over. Welcome to episode 3 of the TES FE podcast with me, Sarah Simons. I've been thinking this week about youth culture, particularly music, films and games. I'm not sure if it's because I'm cracking on a bit, but there seems to be more of it than when I was my student's age, and it seems even harder to keep up with. But does it matter? Should I, as somebody who spends a lot of time with modern young people, be aware of what's in the spirit of the age? Or is that the cultural equivalent of mutton dressed as lamb? I asked Stephen Keevil, a filming education expert and lecturer in creative and visual arts at Mid-Kent College, to help me out. I haven't been teaching for a year. And yeah. I come back and there's new games and new music and there's new words. <laughs> and basically, I don't know what anybody's on about. Do you think it's my duty to keep, if not up to date, aware of media culture? It's okay to not be aware as long as you are aware that you're not aware right. i think embarrassing and the disconnect occurs when you think you're being kind of relevant and trendy and all you're doing is being slightly embarrassing for you and everybody else in the class culture that this generation have is one that is the turnover is even faster you know if you don't have an, if it doesn't go straight into number one then it's a failure if the movie doesn't, you know, do big business on a Friday night, it's a failure. You know, those times when something could sit around for a year and be building an audience don't really exist. For us to try and keep track of all of that is impossible. Do you think it's got even more difficult to try and keep relevant in that sort of way with digital output of music and of films and of games that, like you say, it is instant? The difficulty is is knowing what, where is the quality, what is worth keeping track of and I think that a friend of mine has a great policy with this regarding Twitter you know kind of there are times when Twitter can be like a snow stream and if something is interesting or worthwhile it will come back to you so if you miss it the first time then you know somebody you follow or trust or rely on will mention it again or even tweet it straight to you and go you've got to check this out. Do you think staying relevant or attempting to stay relevant impacts the quality of teaching or is it just about being curious in fe where you need to make those connections with students it can't all be on our terms it can't all just be expecting them to have an awareness of the books that we love the films that we love the you know there needs to be an acknowledgement they have their own subcultures maybe because my area is you know my background is media the creative arts english but there is an idea that if you are going to be a course tutor a person tutor to have some basic just cultural awareness, you know, is important. But having an in-depth awareness, you know, you can't do. Can you give us any tips on how to use 
films, games, music, any of the sort of current media to engage students, to get them interested in the course, whatever the course is. You need to bring these things in at the very beginning of the academic year. You need to show that this is the way it's going to be and will, you know, and potentially always be. If you suddenly come in on week six and go, right, now we're going to do this out of nowhere, then the student's going to go, no, we're not. Right. So, you know, so we're in the middle of the first term now and it's it's very important to have an understanding of how your subject is relevant culturally, no matter what any governmental educational figures might, uh, might suggest. On a personal level, you know how you should have an idea of how relevant your subject is culturally, not without getting into arguments of cultural hierarchy and everything. And then your students have come onto that course for a reason. Now, where your subject fits into culture and where culture fits into your subject, I generally think it's important to have that conversation with your students to get, you know, from a, you know, to have a, a context to look at how your subject is uh, represented in media, if not at all, mm. why, what it says about uh, the sort of social political makeup of your students and how the, you know, all of this is connected. It doesn't hurt to spend half an hour thinking about that. Being culturally aware is a positive thing but it's fine to have a totally different set of references to students. Having an understanding of their academic and pastoral needs is key. But do we really know what college life is like for the young people we see every day? Does the college experience they have match the one we intend for them? With enthusiasm to experience the learner's perspective, Principal Mike Gaston of Totten College shed his status and spent today with his students. I met the student at, at half past eight I'd never met her before. She hadn't met me. You know, she'd agreed to it through the student union. She'd agreed that she she would do this. But it was it was quite a a sort of commitment, both on on her part, particularly, to have this this person shadowing you. It was quite intense for a full day, mm. and I mean a full day. You, you, you know, there was no. I did coffee together, lunch together. I also made a conscious decision. I said, look, I'm, I'm quite scared <laughs> because I'm going out of my comfort zone and I'm losing the trappings of status yeah. as well because I needed to do all that to really understand what it was like to be a student. So there was no point in me coming in in my suit yeah. and walking around with her. And how so, did, did you feel that? Did you feel that the status had reduced? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it took me three times as long to get dressed in the morning <laughs> because of de de debating what I should wear or not wear to become a student. <laughs> and even asked my 14-year-old twin lads, you know, and they advised me and, and made me change. <laughs> and what was, what was intriguing there was that people did take a double take. I came in and uh, I went straight to her, her, her first lesson with her mm. The staff knew that I was going to do this, but I didn't know who the student was and I didn't. I knew which day it was. But also there's the other knock-on in terms of staff all of a sudden seeing the principal dressed yeah. very informally walking into their class. And how did they cope with that? Certainly the staff I had that day were superb. Brilliant. They simply treated me as, as a student. It was interesting how, how you operated within a class. And so through up 
various questions for me in terms of how does learning happen? The assumptions that we have in terms of how a class should be. In that first sociology class, the teacher was, was excellent in terms of using uh, um, mobile devices. Mm. It was fine. The telephones, the mobiles were on the desk. Uh, and and people were, were using you know, their smartphones in terms of their um, research. And it was interesting, and yet another time, a text may have come through from a friend, and they may have glanced at it. And is that a problem? Is that an, is that an issue at all? Because some staff would be very, well, they shouldn't be looking at their phones. They shouldn't be looking at that text. And yet I sort of thought, is that really real? When any of us are actually in a meeting and your phone's vibrating in your pocket, are you saying to me that at some point you're not, you don't have an urge to look at it and see actually who was calling you or who, who, what the text was? Yeah. And I just was debating whether, whether it had an impact or not in terms of how they, they operated, because I think they were very much focused on task, yeah. despite what could appear to be distractions. Were there any surprises? Uh, I was really annoyed that I hadn't picked up on things like, why, is, why have we not fixed that blind? Right. What's the matter in the place that we haven't been able to fix that blind so that that shaft of white light, when I'm meant to be looking at this thing, doesn't, doesn't annoy us all? But that's things why, like that that are so important, aren't they? From a t- from, certainly from my perspective as a teacher. Well, from a teacher's point of view, why, you know, here's a teacher who's gone out of their way planning and preparing a lesson doing everything right. It was a great lesson. I learned. I was learning within this. But the annoyance that sometimes the environment can get in the way. And why was that not just simply such an easy win? There's a frustration, therefore, at times within that. I had a member of staff who was ill. But how does it feel as a student when a member of staff doesn't turn up? And how did it feel? Really disappointing, because actually you were geared up. It was a law class, and you were actually geared up, ready. And and how does it feel if actually that's maybe the only thing on your timetable that day? Right. And, and you come in for it and, and you say, yes, I know, but you're encouraging independent learning. If it's all about independent learning, their reaction is, well, okay, I could have done the independent learning at home. Yeah. Why have I got a bus in for an hour and a half to come to something and then the member staff's ill? And okay, work was set and somebody else was there, but it wasn't the same. And would you think you'd feel differently about that if you were told about it rather than experiencing it? Yes, Absolutely. That's interesting. I think it's different when you actually feel something yourself. Do you think your experience is going to inform decisions made? All of my senior team are going to shadow a student this term. Yeah. And then we're going to review that and ascertain whether we're going to repeat it next term. And the student who I shadowed is going to shadow me. I'm also interested in terms of the conversations were were bizarre. I mean, one minute I was talking about the quality of pyjamas and Topshop. And the next minute I was talking about pick and mix society. And then the next minute I was talking about the pressure of over 18-year-olds to buy cigarettes for under 18-year-olds. Yeah. I was actually, I was emotionally drained at the end of the day. I can't explain it to you. Did it feel different uh, um, the next day going back in, uh, in your, you know, in your principal costume? Yes, back into my suit, back into my suit and back into the, you know, because it, it, it operated in so many different levels. It's trying to ascertain what, what was gained from it. It was very interesting going into classes, and I wasn't observing the teaching. I wasn't there as an observer. And so when things went wrong, I didn't try and correct them. I simply was a student. Yeah. That's quite interesting. 
you know, so when so when the, the law class, the member staff didn't turn up and somebody else came to, to say what work they wanted us to do, when half the group disappeared, I didn't stop them. Was that difficult? I, I, <laughs> you're, going, you're going against every instinct. So there was four of us that stayed and turned on computers and went on to student law mm. and sat and, and chatted. And I was, I was just as much fascinated in terms of what actually really is important to them. The, the nature of that timetable is quite key. How does that work for them against their employment? How does that work in relation to transportation? Yeah. What, are the, what are the real pressures? I was amazed, to be honest, how open these students were with me. They very quickly allowed me to be part of the group. Mm. Do you know, I didn't like to wear my identity badge. <laughs> I understood why they didn't like to wear them. Because when I was dressed like that, I didn't want it hanging over my hoodie either. It sounds like um, a brilliant experience and really, really valuable. Would you recommend it to other principals? I would, but I think you have to be the type of principal who is prepared, really prepared, to leave all the trappings at the door to get the most out of it. But yeah, I think it's invaluable for anybody, actually, to do. That is working you know, within a leadership role within a, within a college where you become so accustomed to your own, your own comfort zone. Mm. And I think it was the shock of actually forcing yourself that actually you saw things a different way. Now the nights are drawing in, half terms on the horizon and students will be starting to get a little bit more comfortable on their courses. This is danger time, folks. The newness is wearing off, and in this more relaxed state, behavioural issues might start to emerge. But don't worry, Paul Dix, educational speaker, author, and expert teacher wrangler, is here with help. So we're a good way into the term now, and the initial honeymoon period between the students and the teacher might be starting to cool off. So this might be the time when various behaviour issues start cropping up. I think you that honeymoon period is really interesting because it often lulls you into a full sense of security. And I meet lots of teachers who say to me, Paul, I listened to all your advice, but when the students came in, they were lovely. There were no behaviour issues at all. So... So I didn't put in place what you taught me. I didn't do the routines. I didn't have a discussion around behaviours that would be acceptable. And, and now they seem to be taking over with their own behaviour. So I, I'm hearing that from a lot of people. Fortunately, the good news is it's not too late. And it's not too late to redraw the lines and to start refocusing the students on some clear routines that are going to help you to teach better. So one of the things that is key is to go back to your routines or maybe go back to just one routine. What is the learning routine that is causing you most difficulty? What is the learning routine that is causing too much low-level disruption? Go back to that. Identify the behaviours that you want. Be clear about them. List them with the students. Agree them with the students. And then have that as your focus. You might want to write it up on the flip chart, stick it on the board, not as a list of rules. We're not in school. But, you know, I often structure it around routines for employability Mm. or routines for learning. So it keeps it clean. 
and identify the behaviours that you want to see from the students. A, a lot of lecturers and teachers spend too much time slapping down the behaviours they don't want, but they forget to put in place the model of behaviour that they do want. You know, when somebody is being maybe a little bit disrespectful or talking over other people, the natural thing to do is to, you know, sort of jump on them rather than wait and congratulate them when they are doing the behaviour that you want. Absolutely. I mean, teachers are, I don't know how it comes in, but it's trained or, 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 it's, or they pick it up along the way. The t teachers have got that, I'm not having that attitude. You know, and you hear, I'm not having that behaviour. And the teachers are very good at saying what they're not having. Yeah. But they're oh, not I very am. good. I am. Yeah, not having that. Can you be I'm quiet, please? That. I'm speaking. <laughs> but they're not very good at identifying what they are having. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not having that, but I am having this. So I think it's about shifting your perspective and shifting your attention to the behaviours you do want. Catching your learners, whether they be young people or adults, catching them doing the right behaviours and then just gently reinforcing that through your positive praise, through your recognition. You know, if you want to, through a little tally system where you tally up a few points on the wall as a bit of fun. And mm. in that way, you can start to steer your group back to the behaviours that you want. And of course, there'll be some students that you have who actually quite like the way that behaviour has evolved from a, a bad start and don't really want to change to your new routine. So as well as the low-level stuff and drawing the majority of students along with the routine that you now want, you need to have a little think about what you're going to do with those students who are being a bit resistant, who are taking the opportunity to be a bit bullshy, to shout out a little bit more, maybe get their phones out in class, mm. play up a little bit like they may have done at school. And so one of the things I do is I just think about your priorities and I just think about picking out one or two students and doing some restorative work with them, sitting down with them, talking about the behaviour that you see from them, identifying the behaviour you want to see, and just taking a little bit of time with some individuals to just redraw the lines with them. And you will know, we wait till after the class has finished and not sort it out in the middle of the class? I don't think you can sort much out in the middle of a class. You know, you're busy and your priorities are the learners who've come to learn. Mm. And, I, and that pretty, person still has an audience at that point, don't they? Absolutely. I'm pretty strict, Sarah, on the fact that I won't discuss anything but the learning in, in learning time. You know, I'm, I'm not going to have the whole debate around behaviour in the middle of a lesson with an individual. So I think absolutely. Mm. And that's their time. And, you know, it's not an aggressive sort of confrontational meeting. It's, it's a very honest and open meeting of, you know, we started the term really nicely. Things have got a bit wobbly. And I want to try and put in place some structure so that you can learn better and you can achieve quicker. And I think it's a different discussion to the one that you might have in a school environment because the, the learners are not compelled to be there in the same way. And they have made some level of choice about coming onto your course and they do have some level of motivation to be there. And so you lean on that a little bit. Uh, make them feel important, make them feel valued, make them feel like they belong, not that you're pushing them out, but that you want them to be more involved. When they're back in the next lesson, don't mention that conversation in front of other learners right. because suddenly the agreement between you, which was made in private, if you make that public, that 
you know it's a big big no-no and I've seen teachers do it in the middle of a lesson why are you doing that now we, we, didn't didn't that discussion I had with you yesterday mean anything and suddenly the whole thing becomes compromised and yeah truth. totally yeah. compromised absolutely an interesting thing about FE and behavior is that you know there are rules at schools and there's there are rules at work and in the workplace and, and that little that, that bit in between in FE can be a little a sort of a, a a desert of rules and expectations so I think define your rules define your expectations and then you need to back them up with a stepped approach you know there must be a consequence when a learner deliberately goes against the agreement of the rest of the group and the agreement of the member of staff but they can't be punitive sanctions like you might have in school so I, I would have a very clear agreement with the learners that, you know, if you see them uh, deliberately breaking the rules, causing disruption to other learners, you are going to go through uh, uh, some simple steps. The first thing you'll do is you'll give them a rule reminder. And that's very quiet. Pull them to the side of the room, drop down next to them, have a quiet word. We've agreed this. You know what the learning attitudes we're looking for are. You know what the rules are for employability in this room. You know what the what the guidelines are, or the expectations are for success. However you word that, you know what they are. Just that little reminder can be enough. Second time you come in, if the behavior continues, give them a warning. Just come. And I often say to, to the students, and I look them in the eye, and I'm, you know, I drop my tone a little bit. This is a warning for you. You need to change your behavior. I need to see you engaging with the group appropriately and taking the notes that you've been asked to take. Be specific about the behavior you want them to do rather than just, again, slapping down the behavior you don't want to see. If the behavior persists, and of course, through each of these steps, you'll walk away and give the learner a bit of time, a couple of minutes to make a good decision. But if it does persist, then I think you need to, to say to the learner, I need to speak to you for a minute after the class today. And if you get behavior beyond that, I think they need a time out. I think they need to step out of the room or step away from the group and spend a couple of minutes just regrouping. It'll allow you to have a quiet word with them. They're still going to have to see you after the class so that you can sort it out. But it will give you an opening to say to them, come on, what, what, what's going on here? What, what is this? Is this the task? Is it, is it the, the way, you know, you've come into college this morning? Is it, you know, it gives you a little bit of time to unpick that. When other members of the class, whether they're 16 or 64, see you intervening calmly with a clear structure for intervention, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable about being in the room with you and they will be secure that you are going to deal with issues as they crop up. That's about it from the TES FE podcast with me, Sarah Simons. Thanks very much to all my guests and we'll be back again on the 18th of October with podcast four. Thanks for listening. <laughs>